Honest, open, and vulnerable may contain adult language and material that is not suitable for listeners under 18. This is a stream of consciousness podcast that delves into an eclectic mix of topics. Audience discretion is advised. And hello, you are listening to episode 102 of Honest, Open, and Vulnerable. I am Matthew. I'm Scarlett. And I am Ryan. Um, we definitely appreciate any feed- feedback that you provide and also want to encourage you to participate. Easy way to do that is post a comment on our website, hovpodcast.net. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash honest dot open dot vulnerable. And you can also find me on Instagram. I'm at Colonel underscore Tux. And you can find us on Instagram at HOV Podcast. Uh, you can find my blog at inscarletstorm.wordpress.com. And you can find me on Instagram at the Fuchsia Lady. As always, we appreciate listener feedback. We can be reached through email at hovpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 231-846-8420. And I am found on Instagram at Matthew Scribbles. And we are coming to you today from the Panic Attack Studios. Yeah, hope um, hope um, hope we didn't jinx ourselves there. But anyway, it's it's more it's more of a reflection reflection rather than come at come at me, you know, kind of name. But anyway, (laughs) so we did uh, take we are back back from a little break. Um, so, uh, some things, uh, were hap- happening in, in, in I- IRL, as I, some of the young people put it, <laughs> that, um, like, I, I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, something, some things came up and, um, depression decided to rear its ugly head. And now uh, I am not. I am not going to get into all all of the all of the details as far as what caused it. But uh, I had not dealt with depression for quite a while, so it so yeah, it definitely sent me reeling. And I just I just want to put um, put put this out there that it's okay to not pretend that things are okay. I mean, I mean, just. Um, <laughs> I, I know that in this uh, society, you know, it's for for whatever reason the uh, the behavior of you know maintain maintaining appearances and what whatnot. Um, but I I find that that has <laughs> that that causes problems. <laughs> so I um, you know don't don't be afraid to you know. Tell tell people, hey, think, things are shitty right now, and I'm deal, dealing with this, and that you know that's why I'm kind of acting weird and that that kind of thing. I mean, it 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 does help, you know, kind of activate the. <laughs> I I can't think of a better word, <laughs> but uh, act the you know the people that are close to you and really really care about you because you know they 
that that's why we i mean that's why we kind of you know people are there to help so, and they can't help if if they don't know that things are fucked up <laughs> so um so yeah i just just want <laughs> you know yeah just wanted to kind of put put that out there so um Anyway, now now that I've started started the show on a bit of a bit of a down, down note, well, let me jump in <laughs> on that for okay. a, for a second. So, uh, it's it does take it does take courage to actually say, "Hey, I'm going through something tough right now," especially because as humans human beings, we tend to be our own worst critics, and there is that there or there can be that doubt in our minds that well, maybe no nobody cares or maybe nobody hears what I have to say. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Uh, and it's important to be able to find it within yourself. And it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy by any stretch of the mm -hmm. imagination, but for someone to be as open to, as they can be in saying, I, I really I'm really struggling right now and I don't know I'm struggling and I don't know uh, I don't know what to do I feel stuck I feel like I'm in a corner that takes courage to say I'm not okay because as Ryan as you mentioned earlier in this society uh, that's not always the easiest thing that we're taught to brush ourselves up, off, pick yourself up, uh, you know, fake it till you make it. There's no point in faking the appearance of being okay. Right. Yeah, I agree. And if you can't turn to your closest support system, whether that's, family, whether that's friends, whether it's uh, your counselors, your therapists, uh, your, uh, your belief system, uh, if you can't find some avenue of support, that can be that can be trouble, that can be very troubling oh, yeah. and very stressful. But that's what your support system is there to do. It's there to support you when things are looking bleak it's there to say hey we understand that you're not okay but we we love you for who you are and even though things are rough right now and maybe rough for the short term the long term however long it is we'll be here to give you any kind of support that we can whatever that may mean for you till you know the storm clouds go away and when everything is behind you then we'll be still right here ready to give you a big you know that big hug that you need saying hey you made it and that hug can mean just as much during the storm as it is important mm -hmm. after the storm yeah I, I agree for sure so anyway having said that <laughs> so um i i try not to start off the um the show on a down note but i just felt like i had to get that off my chest so um so well it, you you never know i mean like through 
some someone listening to this right now may be in a position where they needed to hear it. Right. So, you know, anyway. So, anyway, so it's uh, kind of switch, switching gear, gears here. So it's uh, been it's been been a while since you've been on been a bit since you've been on on the show. Actually, it's been a while since we've recorded one. But and anything going on with uh, uh, Matthew Scribbles? Yes and no. <laughs> As usual. Uh, <laughs> as, as usual. I won't say as it's uh, usual, but uh, I took a couple of, I took about a two-week break. Uh, part of that was because I kind of ran out, I ran out a little bit of steam. But that is actually because I was thrown into a couple of other writing projects outside of Matthew Scribbles. Uh, I... Uh, over the Labor Day weekend, I was part of, um, and I know that I'm kind of jumping ahead on the on the schedule here a little bit, but I was I volunteered for the very first time at the Nondiscon Anime Convention here in Denver, and they actually put me to work acting in a pseudo journalistic capacity, going to different uh, programming events and writing up reports for for the convention. So I spent a long time that weekend. Uh, for the first time in seven years where I was not assisting in artist alley. And I was actually, I won't say graduated because assisting in artist alley is an absolute delight. You get to meet so many creative people and see so many wonderfully colorful and expressive creations from the minds and the people who work in artist alley. And I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed my time being in there Switching gears and volunteering for the uh, Nondiscon history section has been a very fun challenge that they essentially kind of threw me into and saying, here you go. But it was one that I welcomed because working to actually do something that involved my degree in in writing uh, as, a, as an English graduate was something that hasn't exactly been, uh, you know, falling at my feet since I graduated college an untold number of years ago. <laughs> but now it's here with the convention. And I said, hey, this is fantastic. So I went to a whole bunch of different panels and I'm going to be uh, writing up some reports on what I witnessed. And those will be available for, uh, for all eyes to see here in the, uh, the, coming, the coming months. They're not... They're not quite finished, and the history section will eventually uh, go live. And those can be found on uh, uh, the Nondiscon website, which is found at ndkdenver.org. So when those come uh, available, I'll be sure to um, update everyone on their progress. And if people who are interested in wondering what I was up to over Labor Day weekend, they can read all about my adventures there. So to come around to Matthew Scribbles... <laughs> Uh, because I was so heavily invested in working at the convention, it essentially sapped a lot of my, my, my creative juices on, on Matthew Scribbles. So I'm trying to let the well re refill and I'm looking forward to, uh, getting back at it and trying to do some new stuff, new stuff there. I'm not exactly sure when the creative well will will click on because usually don't <laughs> right, uh, especially since I've been doing some uh, 
I've been doing a lot of uh, writing, uh, not a lot, but I've been trying to do some more writing efforts with uh, my other my other side project, assisting with uh, BurgundyRainbow.com. I actually uh, published uh, earlier today at before uh, coming into the studio uh, my latest article on the uh, the release of the brand new. Uh, Adidas at a zero jersey that the NHL and Adidas are releasing for the start of the 2017-2018 NHL season. So uh, that was a lot of effort and probably the most intense writing project I've done outside of National Novel Writing Month. So it was very taxing. It involved some... uh, it, It was definitely a challenge of a different kind, but... It was fun to do, and uh, I'm still kind of trying to cool off from that because that was a very intense, uh, intense piece. So I'm not letting Matthew Scribbles fall by the wayside. It's just my challenge right now is to try to manage my writing with Burgundy Rainbow as well as compile my reports for Anandas Gone. And then continue to still provide some work on Matthew Scribbles for for everyone who's been very patient <laughs> <laughs> in in following me. So uh, that that's that's where things are. Uh, a lot of writing. Uh, so I think I'm kind of in a daze right now. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, going for, going for stuff for Andy K writing stuff for burgundyrainbow.com and then uh, Matthew Scribbles. It's not necessarily like I'm being pulled in a lot of different directions. It's just that my creativity... You have a number of different plates spinning. Right, <laughs> and it's a, it's a different sort of challenge to my creativity, and it's one that I haven't... I'm not exactly used to dealing with. Having, you know, for far too long, uh, kind of, you know, having to balance my creativity against a nine to five job, so to speak, uh, is its own challenge. But then when you add more creative juices or more um, hands into different pots, that creates a different challenge. So I don't want to say, well, Matthew Scribbles is going away because it's not. And Nandiskan is only only taking place at a certain period of time. So that's temporary. Yeah. So... As I've said several times before, please bear with me. <laughs> I'll get back on track and I'll be able to start giving some more content with uh, my uh, my work on Instagram. I was doing pretty good there for a while. So it can be done. <laughs> <laughs> it's peaks and valleys. So this hopefully is not a valley, just a slight clearing. <laughs> <Slightly>. <laughs> nice, nice way of putting that so so you meant uh i, I know you mentioned er, earlier about um uh, what you were doing uh when about not non-discon um that us uh, obviously you know you mentioned that you were doing um like some kind of report report reporting or whatever but i mean how how, how was non-discon first off did you have fun I don't know. <laughs> I know that sounds like a That's really not a 
good answer. <laughs> um, that that, that uh, I'm 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 sorry that that is not on the answer sheet. <laughs> what is I don't know. <laughs> you know though I get that though because after any con I think it takes you on a normal day just a normal as a con goer it takes you time to unwind and figure out okay what happened but when you're doing something to the capacity you were i think that it's natural to do decompression time right and going into uh going into this volunteer capacity with non-discon it was a little overwhelming but that's not that doesn't mean that it was bad. It was something that really was a trial by fire, baptism by fire. So getting my legs under me, doing the um, on-site reporting, uh, much like uh, anything else you do for the first time, it it's an adjustment. Having been at this convention for now 17 years, uh, it's, uh, well, 16 years, 17th NDK. I have to be clear on that. Okay. Um, well, can can we just take take a moment and pause and recognize that there have been seventeen and NDKs? Seventeen of my own. This is the twenty first year for the oh, convention. Well, okay, that's that's even that's even more impressive. Yeah. Then because you, I don't I don't know of many conventions that have gone that long. You would have to look far and wide, and then you would have to probably find stuff like. Uh, well, San Local. Diego Comic Con, right? For one thing, <laughs> uh, even just locally, like uh, StarCon or StarFest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, mm-hmm. StarFest. Yeah, other other national uh, com- com- comic conventions or sci-fi conventions that have been ongoing, and, and conventions nowadays. And I'm sure I'm not the first person to say this are kind of like a dime a dozen. You can go to one and see a lot of the same costumes, mm-hmm. see a lot of the different, uh, see a lot of the same material. But for this kind of convention where you know that you're getting a very specific programming type. Right. And it's not going to be Marvel, DC, movies, expanded universe, or whatever, just to name off a couple of examples. You're going to get not not necessarily just Japanese animation. You're going to get history. You're going to get culture. You are going to get martial arts. You're going to get... uh, examples of Japanese society you're mm-hmm. going to get a lot of different stuff and the and the content tends to be a little uh, a little more fresh in a way in my estimation okay yeah I can see that especially because different panelists come in over the years and they may have a different spin on an old idea on an old idea. New twist and an old favorite, if yeah. you will. So, <laughs> and for that to keep on going in the same city for 21 years yeah. is pretty remarkable. I mean, people can look at Denver Comic Con and say, wow, this, this convention's huge. And yeah, it's a huge, it is huge, yeah. huge convention. But it's still in its, it's infancy. It's still in Yeah, it very really much is. so. It's, it's very much in its, its infancy. It's growing at a phenomenal rate. But eventually that growth will level off. And then when that initial buzz of Comic-Con and Denver Comic-Con starts to wane, how do you hold people's interest? 
of course, there's always going to be comics. There's always going to be pop culture. There's always going to be that stuff. So there's always going to be a way. I'm not saying it's mm-hmm. impossible to do. Right. A lot of it is, a lot of it is, I hate this term, but commercialization or the, um, the marketing mm-hmm. of, you know, how you market it and how, I think that Denver Comic Con has gotten progressively better, more efficient Every year it's a little, yeah. they get a little, it's a little more well-oiled in their, are they perfect? Far from it. <laughs> but that's because you have human beings involved. Right, not, right. You know, that's just human nature. But I was there for the first one. And I look at that and I look at where we've come and yeah, so... Is it going to be as popular? I think you get a totally different type of audience. You absolutely get a mm-hmm. totally different type of audience. Doesn't mean there's not any crossover. It's just a totally different genre. Yeah. It's a different, yeah. So. And, and there, there, is a, there is a crossover factor. There's going to be the superheroes that you see at Comic-Cons. You'll see a couple that show up at, at Nondiscon. There, I've seen a lot of Doctor Who cosplay at at uh, Nondiscon, I've seen, uh, of course, this is probably more of a uh, pop culture figure from Japan, but uh, you see, you see some Power Rangers and they have their roots in Japanese uh, Super Sentai. So, and of course, Power Rangers just got re-released in a movie earlier this year. So it's, I do have a question for you. Okay. (laughs) At NDK, did you hear anything about the 2018 She movie? I did not. Because I don't think it's ever going to happen. I'm sorry. Anyway. um, I was looking through my comics, and I've I've been collecting She, which is Japanese, basically combines the history of Christianity with Buddhism and just a whole bunch of very interesting elements. And uh, so in 97, they said Tia Carrera was going to play she in a movie version. Where is it? Have yet to see it. And now they're saying 2018. So I was just curious, because that would have been a great place to promote that if it was in existence. I just... There's always next year. <laughs> There's all, yeah, they've been saying that for how many years? I'm just curious. So anyway. Maybe it's the announcement to schedule the official announcement <laughs> in 2018 <laughs> that it'll be in development and released in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And still don't hold your breath. So anyway, anyway, I was just curious more than anything, because if that was good, that would be the place as you would think, you would promote that. Well, funny that you mentioned promotions because recently in the last few years, NDK is now uh, starting to welcome industry guests. So Funimation has had a presence at Nondiscon for uh, a couple of a couple of years. They were here this year. They're, uh, so NDK has now grown to the point, and it's been – as far as anime conventions goes, it's one of the biggest in the Western half of the United States outside of Texas. 
one of the biggest in the 14 state region. Huh. So again, outside of Texas, but now that it's at the point where industry is taking notice of bodies here. So what do you do if you're industry? You want to reach as many people as you can. So mm-hmm. you're going to send your representatives and some of your talent to these bigger conventions. You may not necessarily send them to some smaller ones unless the conventions themselves, of course, reach out. And of course, how that works is beyond me. But yeah. that's. But if you have the muscle of industry behind you, you'll most likely see more people show up. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's the same thing with the other all the comic cons around mm-hmm. the country. Industry plays a huge role in that. Oh yeah. But since I was busy doing a, a lot of uh, observing a lot of programming, I didn't get a chance to really take in a lot of the different costumes. I did see some. I did see some good ones. Right now, I couldn't tell you what they were because I'm knee deep in notes from, from programming. <laughs> but so the the programming slate that I did attend was actually done very well. There, uh, the uh, the Japanese voice actor panels were very very good. They're always uh, the the guests are always uh, very well spoken, and the audience who is in attendance is always very respectful of the uh of the japanese voice guests who come in the uh the american voice guests uh, tend to uh have a little bit more fun with the crowd this year uh, uh we had uh, one of the guests was dante bosco who played rufio in hook so well, that's one of his one of his credits what i learned and i got appreciate and i appreciate this from a writer's perspective is dante is a poet huh. and I've heard that. I had heard that. And so he actually uh, recited some of his poetry during the weekend, during the opening ceremonies for the convention, and I thought that was actually really neat to see. So I I had a little bit of a, a little bit of satisfaction knowing that there was a poet as an invited guest to to the convention. Yeah, that that, that kind of made my my chest puff up a little bit. Saying, "All right." Writers can make the big time. So that, that that was that was neat to see. Right on. So about about like what what's the, what's the average it's um, attendance? Which would you say kind of like ballpark? Uh, the official figures are still being counted. Mm-hmm. But if I had to take a wild guess, I would say an NDK capped out over ten thousand guests this weekend. This weekend, <laughs> it's been a couple. That weeks. weekend, yeah. <laughs> I'm so used to talking about the convention in present tense. So <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So when it when in comparison to a convention like Denver Comic Con, it sounds like Denver Comic Con dwarfs NEK by a country mile. Any convention would want to promote their stats as saying, we had huge numbers. And and Denver Comic Con is no different from Nondiscon. They want to make, they want to promote that we had enough people to say, hey, we had a record-breaking year. And Comic Con saying, hey, we had another record year of growth. Since, uh, since I'm uh, – how, how do I put this? <laughs> 
both convention both conventions subscribe to a different set of metrics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In in reporting their attendance figures, and I'll leave it at that. Okay. But that's that's but yeah, I mean, what what you said was actually re- really good for an anime convention because you mm-hmm. you just, I mean because and and Japanese anime is definitely a niche. <laughs> it, it is. However, when you know an unknown number of years ago when we were in school. It, it was kind of still had this kind of underground current to it. It's, yeah. It has since become a lot more mainstream. So one would presume that the numbers are starting to trend upwards. And for some of those conventions, that is true. The The bigger conventions like Akon in Dallas or SakuraCon in Seattle, uh, Anime Expo in Los Angeles, those numbers continue to keep growing at a record pace. So their attendance figures are just going to continue to skyrocket as as uh, Japanese anime be, continues to become more and more uh, mainstream within with you know here in in North America. Well, I mean it, it, and that, and that I think has to do more more with ex- accessibility because it's not it's not like um, you know you can. Ju- uh, it 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 hasn't always been as easy to to get i mean the in, internet definitely helped helped in that in that regard um uh, as as far as getting like what whatever anime ser- series or what have you oh sure uh, the uh, you know the digital age has completely revolutionized how people consume the medium so back uh you know, way back when, you know, you had to wait until another video cassette came out and mm-hmm. then you had to go and buy it. And then once you watched it, you had to wait again for the next video cassette to come out. And then DVD, DVD started coming out and then DVD box sets started coming out. Now we're at instant streaming with uh, sites like Crunchyroll, for example. Mm-hmm. Funimation has its own network. Yeah. Anime Network is out there. And now there's all these different avenues to consume. No, Net- Netflix has uh, has a n- number of anime, of course, uh, series as well. Yeah, you can find stuff on Hulu. You can find stuff net- on Netflix. So there's a whole new way to uh, tune into this uh, into this into this niche. However, so have other. Uh, other mediums, other yeah, genres yeah. now have that same access. Exactly. So even though anime is now saying, hey, we're in the digital age, so are comic books, yeah. so are stand-up comedians, so are on-demand uh, shows like Game of Thrones on mm-hmm. whatever sh- whatever uh, streaming service you use, there's still that competition out there for the viewer. That will never go away. Right. And, and um, to kind of spin, spin off that, speaking of streaming uh, series. <laughs> I see what so. you did there. <laughs> that, that was totally incidental, by the way. <laughs> there, there's no way I'm that, that good at segues. <laughs> he totally set it up that way. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so um, re- recently, uh, Scar- Scarlett and I have uh, what 
binge watched the first first part of the or part one of a uh, disjointed series, which is on uh, was just recently released on Netflix. It was released uh, August twenty fifth. Well, there you go. <laughs> and it came out like like thirteen. Was it thirteen? I think yeah. it was thirteen. And then uh, I'm not sure. I think it's. I think I want to say it's later in the year. It may be January when the second half comes out. Yeah, I, um, I haven't followed. I up don't on remember, it. but anyway, so they're going to release like the last half of it all at once. So. And uh, you you had some uh, trepidation going going in going in because because uh, Kathy Bates was is uh, lead in it. Um, I didn't, I, I didn't doubt her acting ability. Just I didn't know if that part would be right for her. Okay. And I think you had trepidation. Well, just because of not the premise, but the producers, the writers, the yeah, oh, minds. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, it's, it's uh, produced by Chuck Lorre, and if you're, um, if he's more, most famous for Two and a Half Men and uh, Big Bang Theory, and I do not like either of those shows for entirely different reasons. But anyway, so I, so I had trepidation about that. <laughs> but we watched what. All of them. Three minutes of the first one. Oh yeah, the first we three minutes. Like, I was okay, like, "What the hell? <laughs> this is going to be fine." Um, there are a couple of characters in it that I cannot get into, but uh, they're there for a specific type of stoner. Um, you'll either love them or you will hate them. Yeah, and as soon as pretty, you see pretty them, much all you'll of the characters exactly are like that. Yeah. There won't be any doubt. Uh, what I liked though is the the human element of the the relationship between the mom and her son, and the connection. There's one bud tender who drops out of. Uh, she does something. I don't want to. I don't want to yeah, spoil it. Yeah. But she does something major to go against her family. And then lives in fear of them finding out. And I thought that was handled very realistically of her coming to terms of finally being able to tell her family, hey, this is me. Um, There were just a lot of really, it's not all about comedy. It's about the human condition, I guess. Um, What I could have done without was the laugh track. They could have just taken that. I, I would have much rather have had no laughter whatsoever than that fake laugh track. That's my opinion. And I, I think that of a lot of comedies. So it's not just that. But um, I could have done it without I, that. I thought it was used a little too liberally in mm-hmm. the first two episodes. But, but I think by episode four, I didn't really notice. No, no. It was just... They, they open with this really lame joke and then have a laugh track behind it. It's like, um, yeah, if it's really it funny, like, really? you don't need to tell me it's funny. That's my feeling. But there's definitely some really good writing in it. And Kathy Bates pulls it off. So, 
Yeah, for for the part she plays in it. Yeah, I think I think she's really well ca- mm-hmm. cast for that. Um, but yeah, they 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 the hum- the human element is definitely strong strong in this one. I I liked what they um, how they d- did with the uh, security guard. Oh, the security guard is a whole nother. Oh yeah. Speak speaking of. They could completely they could completely write an entire story just around him oh yeah but yeah they could have a spinoff of just him and they would have really good luck with it my opinion but yeah speak speaking of uh <laughs> of not yes well it's not much of a sport but i mean not speak speaking of not uh not pretending <laughs> not pretending that thing when that things are okay right, right. <laughs> you know and um, He's he he's former military and he's dealing with PTSD. That's not a spoiler. That's just kind of like the basic premise of the as far as the kind of storyline we're talking about. And then there's some there's a couple of twists thrown in there, but uh, I won't. I'll tell you. Okay, the owner's son is adopted. And that has a huge, that has a huge uh, impact on their relationship. Well, as you'd expect, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I was kind of, um, I, when, when I heard it was Chuck, Chuck Lorre pr- producing, producing it, I was like, oh, great, is this going to be like, you know, the, the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> the saving grace of, for me, uh, though, was John Cryer was also involved in the project. I'm not familiar who that is. That's Alan on Two and a Half Men, the brother. Oh, okay. So for me, that offsets Chuck Lorre <laughs> because he has written some really good stuff. Okay. Uh, you wouldn't know because you don't watch the show. But anyway. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah. If you haven't if you haven't watched it, watch one episode. It'll be it'll be worth your thirty minutes of your life just to watch one episode. I I, I do like the little um extras that they that they threw threw in, um, kind of in. I'm not gonna say, you know, I, I'm trying trying not to be too. There's a big it. long um, running joke about Golden, Colorado, and we'll leave it at that. Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was definitely. And Anheuser Bush. There's there's a big kind of a a running and, gag there. Anyway, but. But uh, yeah. But yeah, that's that's kind of what I was aim, aim, aiming at. So um, I'm just gonna leave it at that. I don't want to be too spo- spoilerish about about it. But um, it would it was definitely a plus a pleasant surprise. But I I was definitely I was when I heard that Chuck Lorre was produ- producing it. I I. Mm, 
You had some reservations. I, yeah, I had some reservations that we'd see the Big Bane theory treatment on dispense dispensaries mm-hmm. and and stoner cult, culture, um, because because what we've you know the depictions of stoner culture that we that we've seen in you know entertainment and is uh, that well they go for the lowest common denominator. <laughs> and uh, obviously, because that's where mo- the most money is, but um, it's definitely de- depicted. Um, there, there's um, too too much low bar, not enough high bar. <laughs> and and so I, I I am glad that they did not do do that with this one. <laughs> yeah, and even there are some stereotypes in it. Oh yeah. But they're definitely over the top there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And you realize, hey, these are just people. And I think that it wouldn't have been as effective if they've said if they'd said it in Colorado. Well, I didn't think that well oh well, no, they no, said it's it in, in California. California. Yeah. In California. But had they because we're such a pot culture. In Colorado. And California's it, not? No, but we have, <laughs> we have different rules and regulations. That's okay, for sure. Okay. So it would have been. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, de- that, def- that definitely plays into the, Yeah, that definitely plays into the series. It yeah. does play into the series. And, and they refer to Colorado left and right, but <laughs> it's so backhanded that you have to. I don't think that I, I don't know if somebody from Colorado would get half of those Colorado ink jokes. Well, it's like with South Park, where Colorado people who've lived in Colorado for a long time, or people who are natives to Colorado, understand a lot more of the subtle nuance yeah. humor yes, yeah. yes, in yes. South Park than someone who doesn't. Right. So it doesn't take away from the humor. It just adds that little twist if you get that part of the joke. Right. Right. Like, hey, if you're in Colorado and you're watching this, which is probably about fifty percent of our viewers anyway, you'll <laughs> you'll really crack your ass off about this one. <laughs> but you'll also have those moments where you're going, "Oh shit! Oh shit! That just happened." <laughs> um, yeah. So, it, just try it. If you haven't seen it, just watch one episode. It'll be worth your half hour of your life. To form an opinion one way or the other. And if you do if you do like it, watch out. You will binge watch. It's addictive. It's habit forming. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because <laughs> we normally, we yes, normally that, yes, do not and... binge watch like that. We normally do not binge watch programming like that. Unless it's something specific like Doctor Who. Or something we've already kind of... Seen a million times. Seen a million yeah. times, exactly. And we're going back and looking at our favorites. But with this, it was just like, okay, we're going to sit here and watch all of these <laughs> in one setting. Well, I mean, and, and that, that was not intentional. Because after the first episode, I'm like, okay, I didn't hate it. It, it actually has some potential. It's... It was probably the fourth one for me before I was like, if you switch that, I'm going to smack you. <laughs> so, yeah. But 
Yeah, I mean, and it's I, not going to be everybody's forte, especially if you're no. not a stoner. You probably won't appreciate it the way that stoners appreciate it. Or, or if you date a stoner, or if you know, or what, or whatever. So you know. But if you have any understanding of human relationships, I think you'll get something. Out oh of yeah! That, oh that yeah! Oh yeah! Life. For sure. And Japanese, there, there is a woman in there who is fighting cultural. Mm-hmm. Um, Asian culture pretty hard and it's it's very good they have translation I don't think she's Japanese though I think she's Korean I, I think it yeah. never actually I don't think it ever really determines but she definitely they, they might have said that. but I don't I, I, I don't, don't know for sure so that's why I didn't answer <laughs> but you are you are getting into that Asian culture learning yeah. Or a Asian culture. Right. A Asian. Yeah. Or just uh, mother and daughter. That too. And then you're also dealing with mother and son. And there's just a lot of. There's a lot of family dynamic yeah. involved then. Yeah. And the fact that the people who work at this. Dispensary. Dispensary. Are a family. They've created a family. They've chosen to be a family. Even the two characters that are not, who are very, very stereotypical, Mm -hmm. they're very much part of the dynamic of what makes it work. So do yourself a favor and just watch one episode. It'll be, you won't hate it. (laughs) <laughs> even maybe, if you don't love maybe. it you won't hate yeah. it so anyway but but yeah a lot a lot of the characters are very very much you know you either love love them or you hate them <laughs> you know from what in one kind of like real life you either hate people or you love them yeah I yeah mean. but but it's very you know take yeah you know, take me as i am <laughs> kind of kind of thing there's something for everyone i think So anyway, (laughs) (laughs) we're all looking at Matthew and he's going, what, (laughs) what did I do? I don't know why you're expecting me to carry the next segment. (laughs) Mainly because we didn't. Well, well, no, I didn't. Well, I I didn't know if you'd seen it or, or no, you know, no, I, I I haven't seen it. Uh, I don't, I don't watch a lot of, uh, I don't watch a lot of this, uh, new uh, streaming stuff out there uh, it's just probably a passing fad anyway and we'll, we'll all go back to our normal no, whatever dude whatever. Our, our normal uh, TV and watching habits of uh, as, as you say this on a podcast as I say this on a podcast <laughs> thank you for pointing that out <laughs> I think that's a good good spot to end, end on. So, well, I don't know if it's a good spot to end, end on or not, but it's that's where it's, we're ending. It's one where we're ending. <laughs> so, we I definitely appreciate uh, you listening. So, thank you. Um, we all appreciate uh, feedback and parts and all that. Uh, so please uh, post a comment using the channels found on the contact page at hovpodcast.net. And please feel free to subscribe using iTunes, Google Play, or TuneIn.